0: You are listening to a message by Pastor David Guzik for Enduring Word. For more information about our ministry, please visit EnduringWord.com.
1: Okay, everybody. I think we're on air. Okay. Okay.
0: Hello. This is David and Ingelil here today for the show. We're very excited to join you in your space of the world, in our little space in our backyard.
1: It's been raining like it's crazy. It's pouring
0: outside. down rain. Pouring rain. I'm wearing rubber boots just to get in here.
1: That's right. But uh, my name is David Guzik. This is my wonderful wife, Ingelil Guzik. We've been married for? F- almost 41
0: almost years. Almost 41
1: years. Just another couple weeks. It'll be 41 years. And we are here together doing our Thursday question and answer time.
0: Yep. And coming up to Christmas, we want uh, you all to just have a sense of God's imminent return. He came once, but he's coming back again. Uh, He came as king, he left as king, and he's coming back as king. So that's kind of leading up to Christmas, our King Jesus as we celebrate him.
1: Isn't Christmas a great time to think not only of Jesus' first coming, yep. but to remind ourselves of his yep. second, second coming second
0: coming. He's a forever king yeah. and he's coming back. So you know.
1: okay. Now just at the beginning, we got something we gotta announce oh, yeah. to people. Oh, yeah. All this month we've been doing special giveaways okay. to our live I YouTube know. audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're listening to this recorded later, sorry. 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 But if you're part of our live audience, we've got two well one gift is pretty good we've been doing this one every week but the right. other gift is amazing the first one and our number 1 winner today will get an enduring word mug <laughs> okay sorry which you can't no go ahead right ahead you I can just be you. show it there you go enduring word mug there it is so uh, this is what you got to do to enter our thing you just got to uh leave a comment in the chat letting us know uh your screen name will automatically appear but you need to let us know where you're viewing from country, state, city, whatever you prefer. Obviously, don't put your address in the live chat. Just let us know where you're viewing from, and that will enter you into our random drawing. We close the entries at about 10 minutes till the top of the hour and then we do a random drawing and then you got to hang around for the very end to see if you're the winner so that we know where to send this. We've been giving away I guess this is like the fourth or fifth mug we've yep. given away in the last several weeks because we are, you know, this is just a fun thing to give away. But today and today only, just because it's the Thursday before Christmas, Woo-hoo! We're doing a huge giveaway today. Huge giveaway. We're giving away.
0: We are giving away. The
1: entire New Testament commentary in print.
0: Entire. All of the ones in print.
1: So I forget how many volumes it is, but it's Matthew through Revelation. We sell this on our website for $150. So it'll be
0: a big box. And one
1: lucky viewer is going to get that today. Again, you just do your random entry. And uh, you got to hang around to the end so that we know. Who to, and, and I need to clarify this: the first name we select in the random entry is going to get the mug. The second name we select is going to get the full set of the New Testament commentary.
0: Okay, so Again, it can't be the same person. No, no, no it can't be the same no. person. Yep.
1: And the first one, I'm just imagining somebody going, "Oh, I oh, got the mug. I'd oh, rather have I the read- come." But that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it's going to no, work. They're, exactly. they're going to get. Uh, yes. They're going to get it in its order. And that's what the staff has told me how to do it, and that's how we're going to do it. That's so, how we're going to yeah. do it.
0: And speaking of uh, viewers from different countries and different places, I do want to say hello to my mom and dad in Sweden, who watch faithfully every week. And our daughter is there as well in Sweden celebrating Christmas with them. So, hey sam or or god jul, og god vi se snart.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> that's right. Well, not vicius, snart. No, yeah, <laughs> vicius snart.
0: Yeah, that All means right. I'll see you soon. <laughs> that's right.
1: Okay, so uh, what else do we have to talk about before we get into the question? Normally, on our question and answer time, uh, we begin with a lead question. Today, no lead question. We're going to go right into it with the questions that you have, and they will be forwarded to us by our moderator. So uh, when the moderator gets us going here with some questions, because we're not going to have any previews there, but we will get right to that. Um, Here we go. Here's a question from Linda from the Quad Cities.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Hello, David. Did the Magi go to Bethlehem or Nazareth?
0: Good question. Good question. Would you like to take that one? Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay, from the record we have in the Gospel of Matthew, they went to Bethlehem. So apparently, this is how it worked out. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Uh, Of course, Joseph and Mary there, and they stayed uh, in this place. Some people say it was a cave. Some people say it was a place animals were kept, maybe both. The wise men did not come, I would estimate, for about an hour. An hour. Hour. A A year. year. An hour. Yeah,
0: no, I I was— A year,
1: I think you have me all flustered. I, no, just yeah, I know. <laughs> <Just> be- <laughs> anyway, the, the wise men did not come for about a year after Jesus was born. But Joseph and Mary were likely still in Bethlehem at that time. Then afterwards, they went to Egypt, uh, escaping Herod and his murderous rage. And then after that, they went to Nazareth. Exactly. So they did not return to Nazareth until coming back from Egypt. Right. Uh, that That's really seems to be how it went there. Um,
0: and can I do like a follow up on that? Absolutely. Is, is, there, is there, is there, we don't have any evidence that they stayed in the manger the whole time. They no. must have gotten room. They must have had a, a place they to They could stay have got a more permanent home. place yeah. to yeah. dwell.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We just don't know. So okay. that, that's a good question, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question comes from Leo
0: martinez and he says hello to you both from oxnard california calvary chapel oxnard i know the book of enoch did not make it make the canon of scripture but what value if any is there in reading it i have a catholic friend and friend interested in reading it
1: book of enoch
0: beak book of enoch
1: okay i would just put it like this leo um The book of Enoch has some interest, has some some curiosity to it. It's fine to read it, but a person just has to read it understanding that it is not inspired scripture. Now, of course, the book of Enoch is quoted in the short letter of Jude. So those portions that Jude quotes were inspired. Jude puts, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, a stamp of approval on it. But apart from that, the book as a whole is not Inspired scripture. And as long as somebody reads that with that in mind, it's also true, too, that I don't know if we can trust the reliability of the transmission of the book of Enoch the same way that we trust the reliability of the rest of the scriptures. In other words, how much of what we have at Enoch is what actually Enoch wrote, we don't know. Okay. Um, but again, uh, we would just say that the portions quoted in the book of Jude uh, are inspired scripture, but not the book of Enoch as well. If somebody wants to read it just as a matter of interest, as a matter of background, fine, just as long as they don't put it on the same level as inspired scripture.
0: Okay, so follow up on that. Would you say that that goes for everything else ever written apart from the Bible?
1: Well, yes, yeah. of course. Read I mean, it.
0: When it. Once it's quoting the scriptures, it's inspired. Sure. Everything else is sure. secondary to the inspiration. Yes.
1: Like, for example, early Christian writings. There's a lot of benefit in lear- learning and understanding what the earliest Christians thought about the scriptures and how they understood things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's still not on the same level right. as the scriptures themselves. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Next uh, question. Here.
1: you. You can read them from here now. Oh, okay. They're coming through on the screen.
0: Okay. So N asks, Pastor Davis, David, was Jesus born with a sinful nature just like the rest of us are? And if the answer is no, then how was he tempted in all points just like us? Seems like a flaw in my understanding.
1: Okay. You want me to take that one? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, N, I would just put it to you like this. Jesus was not born with a sinful nature. Not like the rest of humanity. Jesus is called, for example, in the book of of, um, Romans, the second Adam. We know that Adam was not created, Eve for that matter as well, Mm -hmm. was not created with a sinful nature, but then sin entered onto the scene. Jesus was created in that sense, or the humanity of Jesus came into being Mm -hmm. the same way as Adam's humanity in that it was sinless. Hmm. Now, your question, then how could Jesus be tempted? And I will say this. There was a difference in the way that Jesus was tempted and the way that we're tempted. Hmm. We are tempted sometimes by an appeal to our inward sinful nature. Correct. Jesus had no inward sinful nature to appeal to, yet he could still be solicited to sin.
0: Right. Just like he was in the desert by... The dead yes. By Satan.
1: And just like Adam
0: was. And like Adam was, right. Okay. Right.
1: So there was some difference between the way Jesus was tempted and mm-hmm. the way that we're tempted. Matter of fact, what a lot of people don't appreciate is one difference between the way that Jesus was tempted and we're tempted is that Jesus' temptations were worse because right. he never gave in.
0: Mm. And there's
1: a sense mean, in which you mean
0: worse, as in just stronger, more, more, intense, powerful, more intense, more intense. Okay. Yes,
1: because you know there's a sense in which temptation ends when we give in to it.
0: Right. Right. But
1: if you never give in to it, th- there's a sense that it builds with a power. Yes. That's a, that's yes. just sort of awesome yes. to to, to yeah. think about. Yeah. It's almost difficult to comprehend.
0: So, so are you saying that Jesus's humanity was tempted? In similar manner as ours, his divinity prevented him from either, both sin and the potential effect of it.
1: Well, what, what you're talking about is a huge debate. Okay. And, and it's a very interesting debate. And here's yeah. the debate. Could Jesus have sinned? Right. You know, yeah. and that, that's yeah. a whole debate yeah. that we're not going to get no. into right no. now. No, no, okay. Um, and and uh, actually, it's, it's a debate, one of those ones that you can argue from different sides. Sure. But here's the point the humanity of Jesus was sinless just like Adam's humanity okay. in the garden of eden and okay. eve's for and that eves, matter sure. before they fell okay okay Very next question comes from
0: george george asks besides the scriptures like every other book that's written is it okay to read other books such as an emotional as as emotional intelligence social intelligence building good habits which are based on accurate research from psychology
1: Okay, well, George, um, look, there is such a thing as common grace, Mm. and that's grace that God gives to everybody, that all humanity shares. Right. So um, when the doctor uses wisdom to set my broken bone in a correct way, Mm -hmm. that's a blessing from God through common grace. The doctor doesn't have to be a believer for that to happen. Right. He doesn't have to have any kind of relationship with the Lord. And there are things that can come to us uh, the way he's talking about emotional intelligence, social intelligence, building good habits, which can come to us through common grace. Mm. It's just important that we don't, in our minds or kind of in our hearts, put that on the same level as the scriptures.
0: Right. And, and having a filter of the word of God so that when you read these things you will pick up pretty immediately if it aligns itself with the word's basic principles because you know today and it's it's so controversy about psychology and christianity well i believe that christianity has deals with our psychology deals with our our humanist deals with our mind deals with our emotions in the best way possible Um, It just takes work to get there and to figure out what does the Bible say on these issues or in these principles. So having the filter when you're going through these aspects of discipleship, as we call it, is so important. It's so important to know, hey, is this leaning a little bit off the pages of the Bible or is it leaning into the pages of the Bible?
1: You know, there's a phrase that Paul uses, I think it's in 1st or 2nd Timothy, I, I should have chapter and verse memorized mm-hmm. in this, but I don't, uh, where he uses this phrase, the pattern of sound words. Mm. And I really like that. I think that sound words, yeah, um, real truth has a pattern to it that we can kind of almost intuitively know mm. when we are filled with our heart and our mind with the scriptures and walking in the spirit.
0: Yeah. And I think as well as on that, we have a sense when we're following God, when we're following his leading, that um, we we don't do it by rote. We do it by relationship. Mm. We do it because it's fresh. We do it because our so-called marching orders for the day are the same as the last day, but we Experience them anew as we rely on his grace, rely on his mercy, trust in his promises, um, give attention to that still small voice on a daily basis, which makes all the difference.
1: Yes, yes. So uh, somebody shouldn't be prohibited. I'm not big on telling people don't read this, don't read that, but read with discernment and with knowledge. Yeah. Good question there, George.
0: Alex asks, I have identified two women that I know who, for one reason or the other, seem to be great teachers of biblical wisdom. As a man, I, am I sinning when I seek their teaching?
1: Okay, Alex. Uh, first of all, um, part of this is a thing of simple discernment because I, I think that what the scriptures teach is that women should not be in places of congregational authority in the in the scriptures. I think that's, that's what the Bible teaches. I, I talk about this a lot on my YouTube channel. I have specific uh, video when I was teaching through 1 Timothy, talking about that passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2. I also have a video on our YouTube channel where I speak to women pastors, uh, because I know there are—I get emails from women pastors— who uh, use my commentary mm. and they thank me for it. Mm. And I, again, so I, I I speak to that. But here's what I would want you to know, Alex. Uh, I would say you, you have to, uh, I think it would be, it's not good, I would say, for a person to put themselves under the teaching authority in a congregational setting. I don't want to give the impression that there's nothing that a man can learn from a woman uh, in a setting outside of that setting of congregational authority. Hmm. And I'll just give you one example. Uh, There's a commentator that I've read many times, uh, probably two or three commentaries that she has in the Tyndale Old Testament commentary set. Uh, Her name is Joyce Baldwin. Hmm. And actually I had to look it up because Joyce is sometimes a... uh, Name that's applied to men, too, but more commonly to women, of course. And you know what? Joyce Baldwin's commentaries on the Old Testament. I think she's got one on First and Second Samuel, a couple other books. They're good. Yeah. I've benefited from them. Yeah. And I don't think that she was taking authority over me in that. Uh, Not at all. It wasn't a congregational setting. And so um, I I would just say, Alex, be discerning with it. Uh, understand this. But no, you you shouldn't live your life thinking that you can't be edified or that it's a sin for you to uh, receive something from a woman.
0: Okay. So can I just clarify, if I understand you right, that if I am listening to somebody who, uh, a woman teacher, and I don't give myself to that particular authority i mean i'm listening to her i'm uh gaining insight from her i'm not under her teaching i'm not going to her church i'm not on a weekly basis oh i gotta listen to what she says because she's my spiritual authority or or that it's the the idea is what is my relationship to her projected authority or authority that she has assumed or the position that she has is it me or is it her that I'm concerned about?
1: I would say in this situation, that's a great question. I'd be more concerned about me. Okay. Am I submitting to that person's authority? Okay. As a, or are they just another voice that I'm listening to?
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. The, the, that, that's, that's, that's but what, that, yeah. that's
1: a great way to put it.
0: Yeah.
1: Man, see, see what a benefit it <laughs> is? Okay. Maybe you should do this every week.
0: No. no okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so this... Um,
1: okay, wait, this is kind of a long question. Yep. Before we do the long question, let's yep. give our people a reminder. Yes. Giveaway today, we got two giveaways. The first one is an Enduring Word coffee mug. Woo-hoo. So enter your name in, uh, just you got to leave a comment and let us know where you're listening from, uh, country, state, city, whatever like that. They need to see the enduring word. I Mark. did okay, I had good. it. Yeah. Okay, so that's something that we're giving away today. That's for winner number one, our first random drawing. Second random drawing
0: is, is a collection
1: of doo doo. the entire New, New Testament, Testament commentary in, in print. print.
0: Because it's available online for free. Yeah, it's the same thing online. Same thing it's online. Same
1: thing online, yeah, but, but this, some people prefer it in print.
0: This has pages.
1: Yeah, and so that's just two volumes, but the whole thing is yes. like, I don't know, 12 volumes. Yeah. Covers Matthew like- through, through <laughs> Revelation. That's going to be for our second name that we randomly draw, And uh, but you've got to enter, and you've got to hang around to the end. Yep. Because if you don't hang around from the end, we can't notify you that you're the winner, and you can't give us your postal address, so we don't know where to send anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is that good?
0: Yep. Very good. All
1: right. Uh, do you want me to read this question or are you going to read this um,
0: question? I've been looking at it. I'm trying to find for the exact, look for the exact question. Um, let me just start towards the end. Uh, this is a, a woman asking and she says that. Um, um,
1: okay. This is from yeah. Nicole, Nicole from our TWR 360 yes. audience. Welcome. God bless you. Welcome to our TWR 360 audience. Uh, she's asking if a pastor should also function as a counselor. counselor.
0: Right.
1: My question is on the importance of biblical accountability and the role of the pastor and the church. Okay. And to sort of summarize the question, um, they've been looking for help and accountability in their walk with the Lord. A lot of difficult trials. Um, attending a small Bible teaching church, hoping that the pastor would be willing to uh, be accountable for us, to hold them accountable. Oh, yeah. But strangely, it seems to be an avoided subject. Um, we want to walk in the way, facing a lot of spiritual, spiritual battles. Battle. Um, husband doesn't have any buddy. Okay. It looks like... Okay. Nicole, let, let me just speak to you here directly. Um, look, ideally, in a church, there's a pastor... An elder, a wise, mature believer that can help us in our walk with the Lord, that can disciple us, that can hold us accountable where we request it and where it's necessary. Um, if this isn't the situation at your church, I- I'm sorry, because really, ideally, that's where we find that. Sure. We find it yeah. in in a in a local church. Yeah, and I can't explain. Why it is that your pastor doesn't seem to be doing this? I mean, I could think of a dozen reasons. Some of the reasons are kind of innocent. Some of the reasons could be kind of bad. I, I just don't know. But, but I will say this: um, if I were you, what you're looking for is good. Someone, so to speak, to disciple you, or your husband, or the both of you. Mm-hmm. And in a relationship that would kind of hold you accountable and and have a more personal, interactive tone. So what you're looking for is good. And I would just say that if for whatever reason you haven't found it at your church family, then I would pray in faith that God would bring that person to you
0: into your life. It's yes. not it's not necessarily a matter of oh I have to leave this church because the pastor doesn't want to counsel me. There could be many reasons why your pastor doesn't take on uh situations where it's long-term counseling. I mean, so so many pastors nece- not necessarily have the time or the or the wherewithal, and it might not be just how they're, I mean, but they can get biblical count. Go ahead. Well, sure. And, and,
1: and, uh, (laughs) Nicole, I I do just want to add that, look, it it could be that behind the scenes, the reason why the pastor seems unwilling or unable to do this is because, um, he's not the right one, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit has somebody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, not long ago, I, I heard in a conversation with a guy about how this is like 30 years ago. Mm, wow. A, a guy came to me and was really asking for help with something. Mm. And he was relaying the story how I pretty much just brushed him off. Mm. And and I just kind of said, well, I'll pray for you or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't what he was looking for. Now, I got to admit, I don't remember no. the specific occasion. Yeah. yeah. And it sounded a little unusual to me that I would do, but not unheard of. It it could definitely, I wasn't, I wasn't calling into question what the guy said, but what came into my mind is he shared the story of how he felt like I kind of brushed him off, but God brought just the right person to him to be the right one. And that's just what I thought is, wow, that seemed kind of rude on my behalf, but that's okay. Yeah, I think what was really behind that was the Holy Spirit had that individual yes. to speak yes. to my friend.
0: Yes. And I think as a couple, it is super important that not only do you maybe individually have people that you talk with and pray with first and foremost, but that you are both comfortable with and and seeking the kind of counsel that you want for your marriage is key to discipleship in marriage. I mean, being a disciple of Christ is hard enough, you know, without being married or or in any sphere of life. But being married and being a disciple and doing it God's way is hard and people need each other. That's why church is a community of people where you can hopefully both be honest and real before it's you know, before it explodes, but having the the sense of there are people you're watching all the time. There's people you're gaining insight from all the time in your church, in your congregation. Um, there's people you can ask casually questions to, to help you understand better how did they get to the place where they are. This is so important today because there's a there's a real onslaught of attack on couples today
1: yes, in is. marriages. Okay. Let let me just pray very briefly for Nicole and her husband. Father, we pray for Nicole and her husband. Lord, they desire a good thing. Yes. They desire accountability, more personal discipleship. For whatever reason, it has not immediately clicked with the pastor of the church that they're going to. But Lord, we pray that you would bring to them just the right person Mm -hmm. or couple, whatever your perfect will would Mm -hmm. guide. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lord, for them to be discipled, Mm -hmm. for them to be Mm -hmm. uh, held accountable in the right Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. before you. Uh, Develop that, Lord, in them and give them this blessing in Jesus' Mm. name.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Okay, next question comes from Daughter of the King.
0: Okay, and it says, Matthew 12, 36. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. Is this verse for us or not because we are under grace?
1: Okay. Okay. I would say this, daughter of the king. Yes, it is for believers as well. No, not in the same way. I mean, obviously, the believer will not face a judgment of heaven or hell. That's settled in Jesus Christ. Mm. But believers will face a judgment regarding reward we will have to give an accountability before god for how we've lived our life what we've done with how he what what he's given us and how we've conducted ourselves mm. before him mm. so yes god will hold the believer accountable for those things mm. i just want to stretch that for the believer mm. it's not a judgment between heaven and hell mm. but it's a judgment uh, regarding reward
0: mm. and you know what i think is so interesting about that scripture Is I haven't really looked into it, but it says careless. Yeah, I think careless is 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 the key there. Um, We we all will fail. We'll all say wrong things. Well, but carelessness is uh, almost like a character flaw. Then if you just you know throw out carelessly, unkind, ungenerous, unloving, um, unfriendly. Words, I think that shows more of a depth of character that God hasn't worked in you and needs to work in us and continue to work in us.
1: Amen. All right, next question.
0: Okay, right the wrongs. It says in First no, Corinthians. No, oh, no, no, here. Oh, Sue. Hi, Sue. Hello from Sue from Marietta, California. When can we pre-order our Bible study? Praying for you in enduring Word ministry daily. Merry Christmas. Sue, nice to see you again. <laughs>
1: hey, thanks Sue, for that us. question. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. So you're asking about the Enduring Word Study Bible. Yes. I don't talk much about it. Uh, but yes, there is going to be an Enduring Word Study Bible.
0: Not Bible study. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Available either at the end of 2024 or the publisher says maybe the beginning of 2025. It's just not even available for pre-order yet. yet. Uh, I encourage you to contact Thomas Nelson and Ooh. tell them, get us an enduring the Enduring Word Study. Go faster, yeah, yeah, go, go, faster. go faster with it. Yeah, go faster with it. Go, go, <laughs> Uh But um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I hope it'll be a benefit to the body of Christ. So uh, I, I, we just have no information thus far. But as soon as we get some information on how people can pre-order the Enduring Word Study Bible, believe me, we will be talking about it.
0: Yes. And it's just going to be a we, study Bible know, with my commentary we, notes in yeah, it. Yeah, once we know, people will know. Yes. Yeah.
1: Sue, God bless you God for bless asking you, that question. Merry Thank Christmas. you. All right.
0: Okay. All right. So right the wrongs. Here's a question from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 16. Does Paul mean you should forget about an unsaved spouse who leaves because who knows if you'll save them anyway? So this is the scripture. If the unbeliever departs, let him depart, a brother or a sister let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace for how do you know, O oh wife, whether you will save your husband or how do you know, O oh husband, whether you will save your wife?
1: Okay, right the wrongs. Um, You you kind of almost had the, the right thing. The first part of it you had dead on. This is what you need to understand, the kind of the situation going on in the Corinthian church that Paul was addressing. Uh, there were people coming to Christ, a husband would come to Christ and his wife was Mm -hmm. not yet Mm -hmm. uh, a believer or the other way around. A wife would come uh, to Christ. The husband was not yet a believer. And they were kind of getting the feeling, they were getting the teaching that uh, it would be more spiritual if they left their unbelieving husband or wife. They could be more pleasing to God. Let, Let me leave my unbelieving husband or wife. I'll just walk unto the Lord. I'll do that. Paul says to them, no, 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 stay in your marriage. Now, if they leave you, that's another thing entirely. But if you can, as much as you are able to, you should stay in the marriage because you will have the opportunity that God may use you to save your husband, to save your wife, to uh, help bring salvation to them. So really, that's kind of the whole situation there. Um they, they were thinking it would be more spiritual if they left their unbelieving spouse. And Paul tells them, no, as much as is, is up to you, stay in the marriage because God could use you in that
0: marriage. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yep. Good. Good. All right.
0: So Margaret asks, according to Matthew eleven eleven, how is John the Baptist greatest by, of all by Jesus' words? That's a
1: good question. You're going to read that verse. I'm going to
0: read the verse. It says, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he.
1: Okay, Margaret, here's the main way. There may be other aspects to this. Here's the main way that I think Jesus meant that John the Baptist was the greatest of all. Because all the other Old Testament prophets, and in some ways you could say that John the Baptist was the last prophet of -hmm. the Old Testament, the last prophet of the Old Dispensation.
0: Okay.
1: All those prophets had the message, the Messiah is coming. Coming.
0: Hmm.
1: John the Baptist had the message, the Messiah is here.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: And and there's a big difference between the two different messages. And that alone made John the Baptist greater than all the other prophets, mm. a greatest in the kingdom, mm. because it's that much of a greater statement to be able to say the mm. Messiah is here mm. rather than to say the Messiah is coming.
0: Okay, can I do a follow-up on that? Sure. When when uh, Mary and Joseph went to uh, the temple when he ba- Jesus was a baby. Right. Who is Simeon?
1: Simeon was a guy that used to hang around the temple, like the other woman, Anna. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yep. And Simeon was a guy who picked up Jesus and prophesied to and said, here's the Messiah.
0: Okay. But he was not a prophet and he was not... He didn't have the office, office. of okay. a prophet. Okay.
1: I, I think there is a distinction between people who prophesy and those who hold the office, office. of a prophet. Okay. okay.
0: Because right. he was definitely waiting for the Messiah.
1: Very much so. Very so. Anna too.
0: Anna too.
1: Okay, one thing before we go on to the next question. Yeah. Can I show something to our to our uh,
0: Maybe our, what is it?
1: This what is you... a surprise, isn't it? Uh oh, yes. Yeah. This is like once a year I can oh. show everybody this.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. It's yeah. our
1: it's our Martin Luther, Luther. Nutcracker. Nutcracker. Barbara Bar- gave this to me yes. several years ago.
0: Yes. Yes. A... Thank
1: you for that, Barbara. I want to show everybody the Martin Luther Nutcracker. I know. Here he is holding some kind of document. And yes, put there he is. The nut under. You put the nut right in there. <laughs> there is. So um, thank you, Barbara, for your kind gift many years ago. Merry and Christmas, I don't know. Luther. It's too big to put on the shelf behind me, so yeah. I just wanted you to just show, show everybody it. that. That's You're right. so
0: funny. That's right. <laughs> you just thought of that.
1: No, I oh, I thought, made sure okay, it was you where sure I could reach it, it before. Okay.
0: Yeah. okay. All right, moving right along. Um, we have from Daniel. What are some of the ways you affirm whether or not your actions are in obedience to God's will? In example, serving on a missions trip or in a ministry role.
1: You want to take Ooh. that or you want me to answer?
0: Um,
1: you want me to start? Why don't you start?
0: And, okay. Why don't you start?
1: Okay. Daniel.
0: Only because missions is so big in my I know, life. I know. So, okay. But go ahead.
1: Daniel. Um. You, you list two different things, examples, and I know you could mean more than these examples, but I'm interested by the two different examples you gave in your question. Serving on a missions trip or a ministry role. To me, there's two different kinds of guidance that go along with that. Because if you go on a missions trip, and I'm assuming you do it with the right heart, it's not like we're some weird, you know, carnal, sinful thing. Let's just assume that. Then, okay, even if you were wrong, God's not gonna punish you for that. You're you're doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't right for you to go, the Lord will just show you to show that to you, and yes. you don't do it again. Yes. I I wouldn't get too bound up. Oh, is it the Lord's will or not? Mm-hmm. I think we should just have a general opportunity to say, here's a need, mm-hmm. I can meet that need. Um, I don't have to, you know be irresponsible to meet that need. I'm going to put myself forward to do it. And again, if it isn't right for you, you, you'll find out and God will guide you. Now, to me, that's different than taking a ministry ministry. role. To take a ministry role, I think you should have a sense of calling from God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And until you do have a sense of calling, you should make it very temporary Mm -hmm. or provisional, mm. that you're going to do it mm. until you really have a sense, no, I know the Lord is calling me to do this, to mm. really enter into a ministry mm. role. Mm. Uh, so those are, I, I kind of make a distinction between like immediate needs mm. and ministry roles. Right. Um, if, if you were to come into church some Sunday, you or I, and they mm. say, oh, they really need help in the children's ministry. Right. We would say, okay, we'll help. Yeah. Okay, but to take on the role of like leading a regular class, right. We would want some confirmation yeah. from the Spirit yeah. uh, to to do that.
0: Yeah, and I and I think a good way to uh, to maybe even look at this um, how it's presented to us in the Bible, where um, Jesus gave us all kind of a commission: go, go and preach the gospel, whether that be. Through your life, through shining your light, or actually preaching and delivering the word of God, sharing the word, sharing your testimony, giving people opportunity to come to faith. Um, he's already told us to go. I think it's more, we need a, maybe a specific direction. Oh, maybe like you just said, this is not the time for me to go. Um, from somebody who invites people to go on missions trips that I plan. Um, this is my mentality. I cast the nets wide because I don't know who is going to say, yes, this is my time to go. So having that on the missions thing, but also remember when Paul was hindered by the spirit from going somewhere. That's right. You know, this is a clear direction. And I think as we seek the Lord, he gives us clear direction. Sometimes you and I have even said, Hey, um, you know, when you come when you come to a door, it either says push or pull. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes pulling the door, you know, in your direction can have some resistance or be a little bit difficult, doesn't mean you shouldn't pull. Sometimes when you come to a door, it says push and it goes so easy. So all of it has to do with the leading of the spirit and being in tune in your own life. What is God doing next? How is he moving next in my life? Will this be a blessing to those I will serve with and serve under? Or should I hold back right now? Because now is not a good time. Excellent. Oh, thank you.
1: Okay, look, uh, we got to give one more announcement of our giveaway, because in about 10 minutes, we're going to close entries. Okay. So do you want to tell everybody?
0: Okay, so we are going to give away... Two items today. The first item is this beautiful uh, light uh, cream color with a cork bottom. Enduring word coffee mug. It's kind of a big. It could be for soup or tea or hot chocolate or coffee. <laughs> so okay, anyways, okay.
1: So what do people have to do? People
0: have to say where the, they give their name and where they're from. And this
1: is for our live viewers. Live only. viewers only. If, if you're you watching this recording, later, sorry, sorry,
0: no giveaway for you.
1: And they also have to hang around till the they end. They have to
0: hang around till where we. Where we spin the number names. I don't know how they do the random drum, but they do it
1: Okay, that's prize number one. What's prize number two? Prize
0: number two is a whole printed set of the New Testament commentary. So um, you'll get a big box.
1: Who wrote that Bible commentary? You
0: did. (laughs) (laughs) It's free online, but it also has papers. And this will be the second name that we draw. So first name is for the mug. Second name we draw is for the whole set of New Testament commentary.
1: And to enter, you just have to leave a comment in the live chat letting us know where you're viewing And from. then
0: your name gets put into, into the uh, random drawing. In the random drawing. Yeah. Okay.
1: Annie uh, does the random drawing.
0: Annie does? Yeah. Hi, Annie. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Annie, for supplying us with those names okay. later. Okay. Uh, O.T. asks, Hi, David. I struggle when I hear some pastors say that Christ died so that we can be rich materially. It seems to me that God enabled, enabled even Old Testament patriarchs to be wealthy. Is this teaching accurate?
1: Jesus Christ did not die on the cross to make us rich materially. That wasn't the purpose of his great mission. Now, let me say, and I think you're right in pointing this out, Odie, that um, God certainly blesses some of his people, uh, more than a few, with great resources. And ideally, what God does that for is so that they can be a channel of those resources to other people, to the work of his kingdom, to people in need. Um, Blessing. Yeah, to to bless others. Uh, But God, it's true— that there are several people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament who were very wealthy, well-off followers of God in the Old Testament, of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Mm. But to say that that's why Jesus died on the cross, Mm. that just doesn't sit right. Mm. Because um, there's been so many people who have been needy Who have really loved Jesus and have really lived a life in -hmm. His Spirit and Mm -hmm. empowered by His Mm -hmm. Word, Mm -hmm. uh, that to say, the idea that if you're really godly, you're going to be wealthy, Mm -hmm. um, that's just not something that has. No, No. No, I I will say that there's a lot of people when they get their life right with God, their finances get better because they're they're living the way God wants them
0: to. Right, it's a principle. That's a a good principle. Yes, yes.
1: Um, but yeah, I think you're right to be sort of offended at that teaching. Sometimes people call that the prosperity gospel, yeah. and I think it's something to be aware of.
0: And I think that each individual believer as a disciple um, has a relationship to money, no matter what, whether you brought yes. that with you into your walk with God, or it's been developing, or you're just not clear on it, and um, that is a very point of spiritual maturity. Is wh- where are you at? What, 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 where do you think you th- it comes from? And why do you think you have it or don't have it? Um, I, I believe that the the world would say to us, You'll never have enough, you'll never have yeah. as much as you want, you will always want more. And in the believer's life, it's, it's almost like it's, it becomes inconsequential, it becomes, just a means that God uses. It, it it doesn't have a hold on you. It doesn't doesn't drive you. It is a stewardship issue, and it becomes something yes. that you, before God, are accountable for. But um, um, he leads and directs you. So one doesn't um, precede the other, but they are connected in how it's lived out in your daily life. So outstanding. Okay, we have Life. Oh, no, L-F-E. It looks like like life to me because I don't have my glasses on. Hello from Calgary, Alberta. How can I uphold Christian principles in my engagement to my fiancé amidst challenges, especially when parental support is lacking? Hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, I always like to look at where the question trails off. And I think that speaks clearly to what the particular issue is. And um, it says parental support is lacking. Mm. Um, That can be for many different reasons. Parents have many different reasons why they don't show their support or give their support or wondering.
1: So is your kind of assumption there that the parents aren't supportive of the marriage? To come it
0: could it, it could be. be We don't know that for sure but parental support is lacking. maybe it's lacking on the guy's part from his parents or maybe on the girls' parts. who knows but um, I, we always say um, that having parental support is key. it's not always the most important end goal. It is it is a it is something you strive for. It's something that you look to. Parents have an innate way of communicating what they are concerned about, and that's so important to listen to. Just listen to it. Have have the respect and honor to listen to the parental guidance. Um, if you are you know over 18 or whatever it is in your country, um, you have the freedom of choice like everybody else does, but. Living without parental support is huge. So it might mean that you take some extra time to um, incur that. Do do
1: you think in whatever congregation they're involved in that maybe they can get an older couple that can help them?
0: I think that's excellent, excellent advice. I I think charging ahead as a young person might seem like, oh, that's the only thing we should do or could do or is best for us to do. But you don't live on an isolated island. You live in community and you live with each other's families and you live with having to, like you said, um, um, uh, amidst challenges, normal challenges, and then family challenges. That's going to be with you your whole entire life.
1: So maybe find a couple that you really respect their their marriage, a godly, older Christian couple, and just say... Can you help us? Can you walk yeah. us through some of these things yeah. in our engagement? We want to honor the Lord in it.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Very okay. huge. Good. Okay. Very good. All right. We're back to the rewards part. Uh, and It says, Grandma to Jay. Um, are the rewards in heaven different for each person, and what are these rewards?
1: Is this your question? No, because but you I- you are a grandma to Jay. <laughs> I
0: am a grandma to Jay, but yeah, it's not right. mine. Yes. Okay, all right, all right. I'm far more to Jay. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, are there rewards in heaven different for each person? What are these rewards? Mm. Okay, Grandma, this is a very interesting question because the scriptures don't really tell us. Uh, people talk about a crown because the scriptures talk about a crown that's given to the believer. Um, but then we also have the image in the book of Revelation of of uh, believers, or at least the 24 elders, casting their crowns before the Lord. So, you know, some people say, well, we're given crowns, but we cast, cast them before the Lord. Um, th- there's that kind of idea. But I, I like the best way of understanding this is that, The reward that a faithful believer receives in heaven is the more faithful we were, the more honoring to God, the more better stewards we were of everything that God has given us, then the more capacity he gives us for relationship with him, with enjoyment of him in heaven. And it's a way to say this, in heaven, everybody's cup will be full. Mm. but the reward is some people will have a bigger cup. Interesting. Now, I I can't see the Bible teaches that, but I think it's something that makes sense to me.
0: Like the principle of rewards is clear in that um, we cannot expect as believers to all have the same opportunity. Right. But whatever opportunity we're given to steward has attached with it an evaluation of it.
1: God doesn't hold us accountable for the opportunities we never had.
0: Exactly. So, and he knows what he needs to do through us. So some of the stewardship is, what has he given me to steward? And the other aspect of it is, what can he do through me that kind of I get out of the way so that he can do his work through me. It is, it's all his work anyway, but it's a a surrendering to a work. It's a surrendering of our life in every area of our life to the work that he wants to do in us and then through us.
1: Okay, let me say this. We're going to take a look at this next question, but I do just want to say in just a couple of minutes, we're going to close entries for our giveaway of a mug and a full set of New Testament commentaries. So uh, we'll close entries after answering this next question.
0: Okay, this is Laura asks, how do I know what church to choose with so many denominations out there and different philosophies?
1: Laura, that's a very good question. And I would say that for me, I, I would not be so concerned about the denominational identity of the church. Now, of course, there's some... Aberrant groups that claim the name of Christian Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, of course, we're not even talking about them. Yeah. But if you're just talking about normal Christian denominations, Baptist, uh, assemblies of God, Foursquare, Presbyterian of many different kinds, uh, you know, on and on and on, then I don't think that the specific denomination they belong to is so important. It's more That individual congregation, number one, do they teach God's word and are they faithful to God's word? Uh, Does it have a, um, is it an atmosphere of love Mm. and honor to God? Mm. And so these are things that I think you want to check out. And uh, you're not going to find, I I know everybody says this and they say it because it's true. You're not going to find a perfect church. Um, even the pastor of the church has things that he wishes was different about his church. So you're not going to find a perfect church. But ideally, you'll find the best church in your area that you can, practic- you can practically attend. I mean, just distance-wise and everything. Mm. And one of the first things to look for is how do they look at the Bible, God's Word? Mm. Um, do they really preach Jesus from the Bible? Mm. Do they honor God's word um, or is it just kind of a, you know, sometimes I get a little frustrated with churches that just kind of seem like the pastor's not a proclaimer of God's truth mm. and a proclaimer of Jesus. Mm. It's kind of like, uh, hey, I'm your life coach.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think I think. Today, in today's day and age, we can we can do an on let our fingers do the walking, as we called it in the old days when we looked at Ooh. stuff, you know, in a, in a yellow pages. But we can let our fingers do the walking online. You can we, check out online. Can, yeah. ch- you can you can check out the teaching. I wouldn't replace that for going and saying, oh, just what I hear and see. Uh, From my little screen is totally accurate because there's a big sense of the presence of God and and him working and the communication you have with other people coming in and out.
1: But that can be a good start.
0: That's a good start. You can, I would say more, rule out some and then try some. And um, I I always say that people come into the church with their shopping cart, (laughs) you know, and sometimes it's full and they don't have a lot of grace for what might be going on. Some people come pretty empty shopping cart and, you know, everything seems good to them and they're they're really happy about everything.
1: Okay. I got to stop. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, our entries are closed. Okay. Enduring Word team. Generate that random drawing, let us know who wins the enduring word mug and let us know who wins the commentary set uh hang around if you've entered in today's um uh drawing and uh you just need to hang around so that we can contact you in the live chat and we'll read your screen name over here but uh that's it for uh for the entries it's cut the off
0: entries are done right okay right all right
1: okay um. While we're waiting yep. to get news back N- yep. and maybe waiting for our
0: do, lightning round. Do, 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 do you want to say anything no. or
1: wish? Our, our I fears-
0: do. Let me, on behalf of both of us, um, from our family to your family and, or to from our lives and hearts to your heart, uh, a very Merry Christmas centered on uh, Jesus coming to uh, earth. Um God becoming flesh, Emmanuel dwelling with us, coming to us, knowing that we needed rescue. He came as a child, um, as a king, baby, uh, never, never, ever left the position of king from the thrones of heaven to the trough and back to his throne to one day come again. But we wish you a Merry Christmas and the most blessed new year. And maybe this will be the year 2024 that Jesus comes back for his church, for his bride. That would be amazing. So that's what we say. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The bride says, come. Come, Jesus. Maranatha. Amen. Amen.
1: Okay, we got a few more questions here. They've shown up here on the phone. They didn't appear on the computer screen. All right, Uh, one question. Oh, there's a few after that. Okay. And Marilyn right there.
0: Okay, so Marilyn asks... um, can you explain... Well, oh, you can oh, she say says, what she says t- first. Hello, David, to you and your lovely wife. My question. Thank you. That's right. Hello, Marilyn. She says, can you explain Jesus's position of being both high priest and king?
1: Okay, uh, Marilyn, it's because Jesus fulfills all these offices Prophet, priest, and king. He's the culmination of what the Old Testament hoped for. And so Jesus is unique. You won't find this. Otherwise, the only person that foreshadows that a little bit is Melchizedek, who is both a priest and a king. Uh, But Jesus is unique, except for Melchizedek's foreshadowing. He, as God's Messiah, the anointed one, fulfills all those offices. Great.
0: Okay. Okay. Next one comes from Race Hill. Hello from Alabama. What would you suggest to someone who has no suitable partners for dating in their local congregation?
1: What would you say to race, honey?
0: Race, I would say this is a huge dilemma in our society today. And um, it doesn't make it no less a matter of prayer or more a matter of prayer than it's ever been. Because God leading you and seeking out a spouse or a life partner that you uh, want to marry and build a family with potentially. Okay, so you
1: said, number one, pray. And pray. I would assume that race is doing it. Is that. definitely okay? praying, All right. yes. But but uh, we don't want to not mention that.
0: But let me just say that church is a very small sliver of your um, presence. And so wherever you are, I think it's a place to be open to God's prompting you um to reach out to somebody in whatever sphere, and I and I wouldn't put it past God, to put it in the most unlikely sphere of place that you attend or go to or visit. Could be your grocery store, could be your bank, could be your um, wh- whatever it may be, where you uh, uh, also frequent on any regular basis. Or I think sometimes the best thing that you can do is... Get involved in your community. There are women in your community that are involved in uh, nonprofit organizations, blessing places where you can uh, get involved. I think giving God more opportunity than just church is a great place for him to lead you to somebody.
1: Under certain circumstances, are you okay with people using online ways to meet people? I think so.
0: Absolutely. I think having a discernment. I always suggest if you're going to do the online... Do it with a trusted friend, because alone in your mind, in your head, in your heart, you might not have the best discernment on all mm-hmm. things. Um, and having a good friend to do that kind of searching with you a- as that role in your life to say, hey, you know, I might not be picking up what they're throwing down, but I really want to do what's right before God. So that isn't a bad place. It's just a place where you don't have an immediate um, connection other than um, verbal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Next question.
0: Next question is from NorCal Gospel. Are there seven dispensations in the Bible?
1: Uh, NorCal, you're asking me. I don't know. So I- I'm going to give you my No. Okay. I do not believe in the classical dispensational system that looks for seven rigid dispensations in the Bible. I just don't see it that way. Um If you want to talk about dispensations, I think there's Old Covenant and New Covenant. That's about it. Okay. Okay. We're going to have to go fast here.
0: Okay. Last one is Juan Carlos's. What is your advice on me attending two different local churches? One holds their uh, service in the morning and the second church is in the afternoon. Is this okay to do? Are there any downsides to this?
1: Look, I think it's okay to do, but... The, the potential downside is to use this to avoid accountability. Oh. So I, I would say choose one of those churches to really be accountable at. Mm. And then if the other one you want to receive just extra feeding, extra mm. fellowship, that's great. Mm. But uh, the only problem I think with people um, attending more than one church mm. is if they do it to avoid accountability.
0: Mm and i and i also think it's super important that one of those churches is a place where you serve other people. You know, in 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 your giftings or in your callings or in just any way whether that falls into place. Okay, it okay. looks okay. like we have a winner. We looks ha- like that's our mug okay. winner we have our because m- this is the order. Okay.
1: They've been notified in the but this, so you're just letting everybody know. I
0: am letting everybody know that Jamie and
1: Well, Jamie, Jamie won our...
0: Mug Jamie won. Congratulations, our- Congratulations. Jamie. <laughs>
1: make Woo-hoo! sure you get your information to our moderator, moderator, all that. And then who won the New Testament commentary?
0: And we have somebody named Raymond. Raymond has won the whole set of New Testament commentary. Woohoo
1: That's our gift to you, Raymond. God bless you. hope you enjoy it. That's a big gift. That's huge. That costs one hundred and fifty dollars online, I think, and I don't even know how much for shipping.
0: I, I, I have no idea. We're giving away
1: big gifts here. It's
0: a Merry Christmas.
1: It is Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. It is the
0: season to be giving.
1: All right, can we <laughs> answer just a few more questions?
0: Sure, let's do it.
1: Okay, um, congratulations uh, to our winners. Okay, very excited. Uh, Raymond asked this question. I, so I guess this, it's this is this lightning round. Kind of. Okay. You want to ask the questions to me real quick, and yes. then I'll see what you do? Pastor
0: David, I just want to tell you that I have found your commentaries I access on Blue Letter Bible profoundly useful in my to Thank you, and may God continue to bless your ministry.
1: Well, thank you. That's not a question, but thank you very much for that, Raymond. People can find my commentary on Blue Letter Bible and on our own website, EnduringWord.com, and the Enduring Word app, yep. which you can get absolutely free for your iPhone or Android.
0: On yeah. this thing. Next question. Okay, Rollins, Rollin with seven. My son asked me last night what the Bible, that the Bible has been translated so many times. How does he know it's true? I didn't know how to answer him.
1: Oh, Rollins, yes, it is true that the Bible is the most translated book in the world. And I'm afraid you could just do a quick Google search to find out how many languages the Bible has been translated in. But it's far more than any other book in the world. It is the world's most translated book. And God bless those who are working so hard to get the Bible translated into the more obscure languages in the world. Mm. Okay.
0: Gretchen Meyer says, where does one draw the line in serving alongside churches for community outreach who have differing doctrine? What are the deal breakers for yoking up with another ministry?
1: Gretchen, to me, a big part of it is what you're doing together. If you're just doing good in the name of Jesus, I would have a broader acceptance of groups that I don't think maybe are so healthy churches or such.
0: Okay. So what would you? What would be the drawing? Feeding
1: line? the poor.
0: No, but what would be? You're saying, oh, I can't align myself with that group.
1: Uh, well, it would depend on what I'm doing with them. Oh, and okay. so, and so uh, to do kind of ministry event together. Like a common worship service, an evangelistic thing, hmm. something that was actually proclaiming the word. I would want to be more, I would be more, um, uh, I would require more okay. in alignment okay. with okay.
0: that. Right. So if somebody is doing a food drive, but it's the, I don't know, um, yeah. Methodist church, I don't know, whatever. And you just feel like, well, I don't agree with all of their doctrinal beliefs in their churches, but it's what I can do and I yeah, want to do Yeah, but we're
1: feeding the poor together and that's yeah. a good thing.
0: Okay. All yeah. right. Stacy Del Rio says, do we see prophets in the New Testament?
1: Well, certainly there are people called prophets in the New Testament. Um, so, I mean, just a quick answer question. Yes, there are people who are called prophets. You could argue that the office of prophet is somewhat different in the Old Testament than the New Testament, but there's no denying that there are individuals, agabus- the daughters of Philip, um, Paul mentions this in Ephesians 4, the ministry of prophets. So um, I think that it's sort of something filled with potential danger in the church today, because in the church today, if anybody gives or receives the title of prophet, things get weird. Hmm. It just is. Yep. So,
0: Or if they're self-proclaimed yes, prophets, it's even also, worse. also weird. Okay. Yes. Last question. Um, it's kind of a follow up to what we talked about before. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it true? Our judgment before Christ, in in the judgment, will encompass our whole life or just the life we lived after coming to Christ? I like that one.
1: It's a good question. Very good. Okay, I would say. Let's see if you would agree. No I would say that the judgment as believers will only concern our life as believers. Yeah. That everything is wiped away before the cross. I agree. Yeah. Woohoo. Good.
0: We are in agreement. In agreement on that? Yep. All right. Yep. And good thing that that is a good thing. That.
1: Hallelujah. Yes. That's it for today. Yeah. Angelo.
0: What a wonderful time we had. It's thank been you. awfully fun. Yay. Thanks for joining me. Yes.
1: Okay. So we do want to wish everybody a very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, the best of New Year's. Um,
0: and we want to thank our moderator today.
1: Yes, our work. nameless moderator.
0: And we want to thank Annie for helping out with that.
1: And I don't know if Andrea is yeah, doing Andrea anything, is but doing whatever something. she's doing. Anyway,
0: our team is great. Yes. We love you guys.
1: And um, hey, we appreciate if you pray for Enduring Word. Pray mm-hmm. for our work. Pray just that God continues to bless and gives us open doors to do the ministry that God's called us to do to make Bible resources available, absolutely free. And even on our website and on our app, ad-free, mm-hmm. uh, just because we um, were paid ad-free,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, just because we want to get those resources out to people. So yeah. thank you. Amen. You want to say goodbye to everybody?
0: Goodbye, everybody. God bless you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor David Guzik for Enduring Word. For more information about our ministry and how to grow in your relationship with Jesus, please visit EnduringWord.com.